Welcome to The Dollop, a historical podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, tell my friend, Gareth Reynolds, a story from history. And I have no idea what the topic is. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> I messed that one up a little bit, but it's, that's you all You said fine. my name. It's yeah. so nice to hear you say Gareth. Gary Reynolds. Yeah. God, you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> The year was 1696. Mm, interesting mm. little time, huh? All right. Samuel Whitmore was born in Charleston, Massachusetts. 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 <laughs> All righty. <laughs> it is amazing that anyone survived from what we know about the world back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will right? agree with that. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, al- so already he's amazing. Yep. He's alive in this time. <laughs> but there's not much to talk about until he's 50. At that point... He served as a private in Colonel Jeremiah Moulton's 3rd Massachusetts Regiment, where he fought in King George's War in 1744 to 1748. Okay. He served as a captain in His Majesty's Dragoons, a unit of elite British cavalrymen much feared across the globe for their fierce fighting abilities. Okay. That was a war against the French and American uh, Indians, King George's War. Yep. Uh I started to read about it, and then I kind of gave up on it because it involved just a lot of fucking countries and people, and I got confused, and I don't have that kind of time for a small up. Fuck them. So King George's War. The Austrians were involved. Good. The Austrians. Good. Fighting the French in Canada during the War of Austrian Succession. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Who yeah. Wants to re- you want to read more? No. I, I continue. <laughs> My interests are peaked. <laughs> don't stop. Whitmore was part of the uh, the British contingent that assaulted the frozen shores of Nova Scotia and clobbered the French at their stronghold of Louisbourg in 1745. He was a cavalry officer and went into battle galloping at the head of a company and emerged from the flames and smoke and ruins of Louisbourg holding holding a gaudy and over-decorated longsword he had taken from the lifeless hands of a French officer. Jesus. Who had, in Whitmore's words... Quote, died suddenly. Right, yeah. That's all he said. Well, you know, that'll happen when someone's taking your sword. He then spent a brief period on board a ship that was hunting for a pirate. Well, that's just a great thing. That's to just find. a good, yeah, that's a resume. That's something you put on the high, it, high part it, of the resume. It also is something that you find when you, with a lot of guys that you're looking through history. Any guy who was like fighting, there's always a sentence that goes, and he was, uh, he was looking for pirates. <laughs> he was also part time pirate hunting. <laughs> Uh, because they were idiots, Britain returned Louisbourg to the French, who spent years and a fortune rebuilding and rearming the fortifications. Then, in 1758, the British decided to retake and forever demolish Louisbourg during the Seven Years' War. Okay. Which in the colonies was called the French Indian War because it was against French and the Indians. Also, it was a nine-year war, so they didn't want to call it seven. Anyway, math. We've gotten better at naming them, at least. We were better at math, so yeah. we called it uh, a different name. We don't acknowledge those two years. Can we call the seven-year the seven-year war? Well, the- it was nine years. No, it's a it's a seven-year war. Okay, I hate Americans. <laughs> 
We figure it's seven. Widmore was always ready to drop his farming tools, pick up his weapons, and march off to battle. So he returns to Louisbourg and ruthlessly crushes the French once again. <laughs> Just for shits and gigs? Yeah. And right. they're like, let's go fucking do it again. So they go up there, they do it again. Serving under the command, uh, British commander James Wolfe, Whitmore once again ruined the French and stole everything he'd get his hands on. He served valiantly, pounding the city into rubble a second time in a bloodbath that would mark the beginning of the end for France's Atlantic colonies. Quebec would fall shortly after, and the French would be chased out of Canada forever. Whitmore remained with the, uh, with the wrecking crew, which I love. He just hung around watching the city get totally leveled. <laughs> So he's 64. Holy shit. He's 64 at this point. And the average death back then is like... Yeah, what is it? Three? Three or four. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, he's an old man. How old is he? Four. He's four. He's four. He lived a good life. He lived a good life. (laughs) I mean, I'm three, so my back hurts as well. Oh, I'm getting up there. We're going to have to bury him. (laughs) Three. Don't think I can take it. Lost all my teeth. Oh, boy. (laughs) A year later, Sam marched to war again. This time winding up in Quebec, where he fought for General James Wolfe against French General Louis-Joseph, Marquis de Montcalm. Uh-huh. And fuck that guy for having a long De Montcalm. Uh, in 1763, Ottawa Chief Pontiac. There we go. Who we got to name a car after. Yes, the Firebird. Um, led an uprising in the wild distant lands that would one day become Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Whitmore was then 68 so what the and fuck? And still looking for action. He's like, dude, like to fight. Jack LaLanne. Are you going to retire? Fuck no. Fuck no. Retire's going to me. Let's go. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> fuck you very kindly. Move, man. Move. <laughs> the sons. What the fuck was I just talking about? <laughs> who are we fighting? Give me a gun. I'll shoot. That's it. I'll fight you. I'll fight the next guy who doesn't tell me who we're not fighting. Hold on. I shit my pants. Oh, boy. <laughs> the get off my lawn war. He's just spitting out teeth at him. <laughs> There's another one. Fuck, <laughs> fuck yourself. Uh, his sons and grandchildren were ordered to stay at home and work on the farm. With his crazy decorated French sword and other weapons, Ridmore rode away on a rickety horse. He returned in triumph months later one of the, on one of the best stallions ever seen. Okay. And carrying a matched pair of ornate dueling pistols. Jesus Christ. He's just... He's so weird. Is he going? He, he goes to war, and he just gets a bunch of shit, and he comes back. All right. We'll see you later. What's Bye, up? Dad. I'm 70 now. Look at this shit I got. <laughs> Look at this horse, huh? And the cannon, no less. My God. Where were you? I don't even remember. I don't remember shit. I got a laser. <laughs> What's a laser? I time-traveled. <laughs> Here's my friend, a dinosaur. I'm 81. Uh, the former owner of the dueling pistols, an enemy officer, had, quote, died suddenly, according uh, to Darn this thing. <laughs> Keeps happening. Keeps happening. Every time a guy has nice stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, that's it. He dies around me. After serving in three American wars before America was even a country, Whitmore decided to settle down in Massachusetts. So over his life, he married two different women, had eight kids, and built a house. Who knows how many grandkids he had? Yeah. You have eight kids. You got it back then. Yeah, yeah. Just, everyone keeps fucking. Yeah. We're Whit- all related to him. 
Whitmore proved to be just as aggressive in private life as in war. During I'm excited a, by that sentence. Yeah, during a heated election contest in January 1741, he loudly declared that one of the contestants for public office, the proud Colonel Roderick Shipley Vassal, was no more fit for the office than Sam's elderly horse Nero, whose value he assessed at less than five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Nero. <laughs> you... Are as worthy as my horse, Nero, who's worth five bucks. Go fuck yourself. It's not enough to say that he's a fucking as shitty as a horse. You're a bad horse. Yes. You're a horse that's worth nothing. You're not a good horse. (laughs) The infuriated colonel promptly but illegally had Whitmore jailed. (laughs) That I love. That's amazing. And you're in jail for what? You said bad things. You should not talk to me like that. While Sam was fuming in his cell, Vassal sued him for defamation of character. The ensuing trial was a heated and well-attended one, right? Yeah. Selling tickets. Everyone's like, let's hear Sammy. (laughs) Yeah. Whitmore, who made an admirable witness for himself, won his case. (laughs) Well, I said it because you're a cunt. (laughs) So is that a legal word? Yes. We, the jury, agree he's a cunt. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Whitmore promptly sued the arrogant colonel for false arrest. After another sterling performance, the court gave Whitmore the equivalent of $6,000. Oh, great. So Jesus. He, called, he said a guy was as good as a shitty horse <laughs> and, then he, and ended up getting six grand. Which is a lot of horses. <laughs> which is the best story ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it ended there. Oh, no. All of this was before Samuel Whitmore became a national hero. Okay. He became famous on a midday in April 1775. The British colonies were tired of King George and decided to go their own way. Samuel decided to fight on the side of the colonies. <laughs> on April 19, 1775, approximately 1,800 British troops marched from Boston to Concord to capture a reported store of colonial munitions. At Lexington... Green, they were confronted by about 50 militiamen who carried a variety of weapons, some decades old, some manufactured by village blacksmiths and gunsmiths, but all in working order and capable of killing. When ordered to disperse, the Minutemen said, no, no, we're good. And, uh, and firing began that resulted in eight Americans killed. The, uh, the rest left the scene as ordered by the officers, and the British then reformed their ranks and continued marching to Concord. So the British won that one. Mm-hmm. On their arrival in Concord... Where alerted citizens watched their every move, the British troops searched for but did not locate any of the munitions, which were cleverly hidden. Learning that the Minutemen were swarming toward them from as far away as Worcester, uh, and realizing that the munitions were too well hidden to be found without a lengthy search, the British began an orderly retreat toward Boston. Now, this was not easy. Uh Uh-oh. Because the colonialists weren't fighting fair, and the British were walking around in bright red coats. (laughs) Which... By the way, just as you can see from Garrett's reaction, still makes Americans laugh and will always make us laugh well, the until uniform. the end of our country. Just walking around in bright red coats. Yeah. We're at war. We're yeah. at war. And then this guy's in the trees like, okay, ping, ping, ping. No, no, no fair. Excuse me. Oh, you're not allowed to shoot from the forest. Right. Now, you're all wearing different things. What's the, what are you going for? What's What's the ensemble? Like rags or some shit. Would you like to talk to our tailor? You need some proper war clothes. Um, so they were constantly harassed by militiamen hiding in the trees and shooting at them. Oh, Jesus. The worst harasser of all was one Captain Samuel Whitmore. Here we fucking go. Now, how old? Okay. 
He's 80. <laughs> he's a crazy he's, old so man. So he's 250 in today's world. <laughs> yes. He's like he's like Clint Eastwood in the shitty movie about racism and that El Camino. He's, he's this crazy old asshole. 80. 80. Like ready to fight. I'm ready to fuck people up. When the Redcoats came marching back through his hometown of Menotoni, Menotomy? Sure. Uh, Whitmore was working in his field. He knew nothing of the British invasion and the deaths at Lexington. Oh, my God. But he spotted an approaching British relief brigade uh, led by Earl Percy. Whitmore decided he was going to do something about it. Oh, my so God. So he doesn't even know. Yeah, he doesn't know. That they've invaded, that there's a war on. But he sees them marching, and he's like, well, fuck this shit. Like, somebody could come up to him after this, probably, and be like, well, we're even with him now. And he's probably like, who were they? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Oh, they did? Oh, shit. Did I start a war, or was one already going? They one kill- was already going. Okay, good. Oh, I didn't even realize they killed... Yeah, yeah. No, I knew. No, I knew about it. No, I knew about it. Oh, fuck. Whitmore, all alone, positioned himself behind a stone wall, waited in ambush... And then single-handedly engaged the entire British 47th Regiment of Foot with nothing more than his musket. Well, he had a couple other things. He fired off his musket at point-blank range, ending one redcoat gentleman right on the spot. But muskets take 20 seconds to reload. Yeah, right? So you get a one-time deal, and he took care of that guy. Yeah. So he quickly drew his twin (laughs) dueling pistols. Which, again, he was left in an inheritance. (laughs) And he had to remove some poor bastard who died. Uh, <clears throat> of natural sh- causes. He shot two more redcoats, killing one grenadier and mortally wounding a second. Okay. Okay, so he's so killed he, three guys. So far, he's just it, killed three guys. In like 10 seconds, he's killed three guys. And his reasoning is just... They were there They marching. were walking a little aggressively for my liking. <laughs> well, if these guys are marching here, they've got to be at war. Yeah, for sure. A British detachment charged, and that's when Whitmore pulled out his French sword. Shut the fuck up. And He's like, 80. Let's get down to business. What? <laughs> let's get down to business. Life with that Okay. <laughs> uh, don't change a thing. Let's get down to business. He's 80. You've been Whitmored. <laughs> He's 80. The 80-year-old man stood his ground in hand-to-hand combat <laughs> against a couple dozen trained soldiers. What? All of whom who could have been his grandchildren. That's they how must young have, they were. You run. If no, you see this, you crazy fucking old man run. With this, crazy old men are terrifying. Let's yes. put that out there. The crazy old man in your neighborhood is always much scarier than the young guy. For sure. They're just fucking scarier. But here's where I would run. Like, yeah. a crazy old guy shooting people, that probably happens every day in this country. Yes. A crazy old guy defeating people with a sword, <laughs> that's where you're like, well, oh, oh, boy. It did not end well. Well, I mean, I would hope it doesn't end well, but it ha- it's begun crazy. Whitmore was shot in the face. Well, okay. Knocked down and bayoneted 13 times, which, by the way, back then, bullets were, like, monstrous. So when you got, so you got shot in the face, it's like being shot with a doorknob. Like, yeah. they're fucking crazy. <laughs> it's not like a little bullet now. No. It's like a fucking slug it, it's, of, like... It's like lead, like yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So he got shot in the face. So you are so it's like shooting hurt more. <laughs> Getting shot bigger more. holes hurt more. Unless you get shot by an exploding bullet, one of those things. Well those yeah. 
So he was credited with three kills on the day. The Brits left him for dead, bleeding all of the road, and marched off. I like that you say left him for dead. The entire way, they had to, the entire way they had to fight with his fellow militiamen. Their entire march, they just keep getting shot from the fucking bushes, and they don't get off the road, and they keep marching in their little square. They don't change their fucking clothes. When his friends rushed out of their homes to check on his body, they found a half-dead old man still trying to reload his weapon and seek vengeance. <laughs> oh, God. While sitting in a puddle. No, no, no. no put the gun down, boy. Grandpa. No, I'm going to get those no, cops. No, no, no. All that. I'm going to get those If I could just get a couple more bullets in there. Hey, tell them they forgot something to get them back in the center bitches. <laughs> get the center bitches. Whitmore was taken to Dr. Cotton Tufts. Okay. okay. So you have at it. You want it. What do you want me to do? How do you want to do it? You can have that one. Okay. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> and he's a doctor? He was taken to Dr. Pillow's bed. <laughs> you know what you probably need is some tough cotton in there. Jesus Christ. That's all you say? He's dying. Maybe a little cotton in there. We had a son. What should we name him? Cotton. What? Cotton. What? Goodbye! <laughs> I'm Dr. Cotton Tufts. Uh, okay. All right. Get the giggles out. <laughs> Cotton Tufts. I get it. I get it. Cotton. I get, no, I got it. I heard it. No, it's not pillow beds. Uh, it's Cotton Tufts. And this is my partner, Will Aggressive. <laughs> uh, so he was taking to Dr. Cotton Tufts of Medford, who took a look at him and said, well, this guy's fucked. He's yeah. dead. This guy's dead. He's Medically speaking, he's fucked. Uh, roll him out in the backyard. It's over. Whitmore disagreed. Samuel Whitmore didn't die. He ended up surviving the entire war. What? Finally dying in 1793 at the age of 96. Shut the fuck up. Do you know what he died of? Uh, Being tremendous. Yeah. God (laughs) wanting to meet him. (laughs) The first guy to die of being awesome. He he lived after that shit. He got shot in the face. He got bayoneted 13 13 times. 13 times. It's yeah, and he's eighty. That's a old guy. people now at eighty die from falling over. Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. Oh, it's imagine, like the number one death of old people. Honest the to God, one if a man got stabbed, if a man was eighty years old and was stabbed thirteen times and he lived, you would you would read about him in papers. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, in two thousand and five, he was declared an official state hero by the Massachusetts legislature. In two thousand twelve. Uh, 2005. Oh, 2005. Good. Uh, we got around to that fast. Yeah, it took a little while. They built a monument where he had his skirmish. It reads, Near this spot, Samuel Whitmore, then 80 years old, killed three British soldiers, April 19, 1775. He was shot, bayoneted, beaten, and left for dead, but recovered and lived to be 98 years old. Suck it. Yeah. I don't think the second part's on there, but it should be. Shouldn't it be? There should be a little more context to it, honestly. They they should really just express that he really just didn't like the vibe (laughs) and knew nothing. He just was, like, pretty sure there were British soldiers. Yeah, he was super anti-vibe. The whole vibe was just not not down. I don't like what your vibe is. And he's there with his fancy decorated sword. (laughs) Well, the truth is, too, the sword and those guns were probably burning a hole in his pocket. He was probably, yeah. like, ready to discharge some oh. of that shit. He so, always wanted to kill people. He, just, he always wanted and, to kill people, and then they're just walking by his and house. he's 80. He's yeah. 80. He's probably yeah. like, what else do I have? He doesn't yeah. know he's going to live to 91. And we actually have no idea 
if he wounded any of those guys with a sword. Oh. But you know he did. He you did. know he got some fucking wax in. You don't bayonet a guy 13 times if he's not good with it. Like, if you're not like, die for sure. Right. No, he fucked some people up. <laughs> he totally fucked some people up. God bless him. That is sweetie. Yeah. That's uh, a small up. That's lovely. Beautiful. Anything else? Uh... No. Merry Christmas. That's a little Get your shopping done. Wait. That's early. Consume. Consume. Consume and buy. Merry. (laughs) Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this this podcast. Uh, Listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Uh, Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with gareth and jake i don't remember how we did it but either way fun half hour comes out tuesday august 22nd and episodes will be out every tuesday and friday we're here to help 